Amen. Certainly appreciate what we've heard. And yes, it's certainly encouraging to me. I hope it has been to you. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Joshua, the fifth chapter. While you're turning to Joshua, the fifth chapter, I'm going to read the beginning of our message this morning from Hebrews 11 and 30. But we'll be spending most of our time in Joshua, the fifth chapter. Hebrews 11 and 30 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. The message this morning is, it sounds simple and probably silly to you, but I always try to think of catchy things to help us remember. But y'all remember the little kid song, The Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round? <laughs> I couldn't get that out of my head. And I thought, by faith in the Lord, we go round and round. You'll be humming that for the rest of the day, I hope. By faith in the Lord, we go round and round. (laughs) Maybe it'll stick with you, whatever it takes. But by faith in the Lord, we go round and round. In circles. Sometimes it feels like, doesn't it? And I tell you, that's what happened at Jericho. They went round and round. They compassed the city. And I wonder at which point they thought in their minds, is this really worth it? Going round and round, six days, once a day, camping out all day, trumpets being blown when they go round about, and then the Lord says to get up on the seventh day and go around it seven times, just round and round and round. I submit to you that that's the way we often feel when we're serving the Lord. We just sometimes feel like we're going round and round in circles. So as we consider that, I want to read a a pretty large portion of Scripture from Joshua, the fifth chapter, to set the stage for the fact that by faith in the Lord, we go round and round. As you turn in there to Joshua 5, I want you to think about the great lessons that are in this particular portion of Scripture. Uh, these lessons, there's so many that could be drawn, but I think at least three primary lessons that it's a lesson about following through, it's a lesson about listening to the man of God, and it's a lesson about being patient. Now, I ask you this question. Is there, I'm not talking about the walls of Jericho, but is there a way that if you are going round and round, is there a way to get somewhere? And I submit to you, yes, if you're in a circular staircase. If you're going round and round on a circular staircase, you're getting somewhere, right? Uh, Years ago when I was working for the state legislature in Tennessee, I was friends with the security guards. Loved those guys. They They were older men. They'd been, most of them, law enforcement, state troopers and whatever. They were super guys. And so one day mom and dad were visiting in Nashville and they came down to the legislature, saw a session of, of, of the legislative session. And uh, the, one of the guards said, hey, why don't you show your parents the, the top, the dome of the Capitol? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so he took us with his key and let us in. And I mean, it was ancient. And we walked around this huge circular staircase that just kept getting smaller and smaller until you weaved around to the dome at the top. And it was just the three of us. It was, it was a little bit exhausting. Mom remembers. And Dad was in great enough health back in those days. Obviously, he was in better shape than probably either one of us. But we walked up to the top. And boy, we felt like we had gotten somewhere when we got to the top of that dome. And you could look up in there and see they had the flag. You couldn't see the flag from the inside, but the flag was on top of the dome. We got somewhere by going in circles. Now, I tell you, as children of God, if we are following through with what the Lord says and we are being patient and we are listening to the gifts that God has given us in the ministry, then we may feel like we're going round and round, but we're getting somewhere. It's like that circular staircase. 
Now let's read beginning in Joshua 5 and 9. And I want you to stay with me because we're going to ignore the, the chapter breaks. Okay, It's important that we ignore the chapter break in this particular reading. Joshua 5 and 9. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes, parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. In other words, neither. But as captain of the hosts of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall come pass, or go around the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days." And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him." see, I read through that chapter break so we could understand some very significant things going on here at this point in time. Didn't have time to go back and read a little bit, a few chapters before, but basically there's six major things happening up until this point. Number one, if you read back a few chapters, they've crossed Jordan. Jordan was significant. The River Jordan, God parted the waters of the River Jordan. That's the second parting. First he parted the Red Sea, then he parts the waters of the River Jordan. They go into the Promised Land. That's a very significant event. And then they set up stones as a memorial. It says they set up some in the basin of the river and they set up some on the side of uh, 12 stones signifying that they had now a memorial that they had entered into the promised land. And then if you read just before what I read you in Joshua 5, it says that there was a great rededication that took place. They needed to tend to some things that related to their dedication to the Lord. And there was a rededication there uh, through some of the Mosaic law that occurred. And then they held this Passover. And it says that they ate of the old corn of the land. And I believe the sixth most significant thing here is the manna cease. The longest running miracle that's in the scripture. The manna had been going for 40 years and it ceased. Now you think about all these things that have happened. They've seen the waters parted. They've they've set up the stones. They've set up the memorial. They have eaten of the old corn of the land, which just means God was going to provide for them. They're eating what somebody else had grown. See? And they've had this Passover, and they have rededicated uh, through the Mosaic Law and doing some things that were required. What could top all of this? These six major things that are happening right here. Well, you heard the old song... And I'll use correct English. 
You haven't seen nothing yet. That's literally what's going on here. God is fixing to show them something so amazing and so incredible. And many of these people that are here have never seen such miracles before except what went on out of the promised land. And so understand that they're about to see something amazing. And as they are perched here on the edge of the promised land, about to begin the campaign to take the promised land, God being the one that's going to fight for them, they're poised right before the first city, and that is the city of Jericho. Jericho was a major city. And the name Jericho, it literally means the place of fragrance. Jericho was a city that was known for things that related to fragrance. For example, it had uh, a lot of uh, uh, merchandise and balsam and honey and cypress and roses, flowers and other fragrant products. So as you approach the city of Jericho, it was, uh, they believe archaeologically and historically, they believe it was among palm trees uh, coming out of the desert into the promised land, crossing the Jordan. There were these palm trees which smelled fragrant and they had all of this fragrant smell of Jericho. So it smelled really good in Jericho. Not, you could not say that about some of the cities that were somewhat maybe dirty and uh, nasty little cities. But Jericho smelled really good. It was a premier city. And you might be tempted to think if you were one of the Israelites, well, shouldn't we spare this fragrant city? You know, it smells great. There's a lot of merchandise here to be had. There's a lot of things we could learn from these people. But I want you to know, just because something smells fragrant, just because in the eyes of the world it looks good and smells good on the outside does not mean that it pleases God. You see, this place was a stench in the nostrils of God because they were wicked. And they practiced child sacrifice and abortion, by the way. It was a, it was a wicked place. And you'll see after all of this campaign takes place, the siege of Jericho takes place. That They burned the city down to the ground with fire. They didn't leave anything. But you know, as you're approaching that city, you might think, well, this is a, this is a premier city. This would be a key place for uh, trade and so forth. And it's, it's almost like the introduction area to the promised land. And you know, some of those Israelites are thinking, boy, it's a shame. As a matter of fact, if you keep on reading the book of Joshua, you'll find there was at least one family that... Uh, didn't comply with what God said when it came to destroying the city. They liked it a little too much. That's a story for another day. But here they are approaching this city, and these six major things have happened, and they're about to begin this campaign, and lo and behold, Joshua encounters the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the captain of the Lord of hosts. And the reason I did not observe the chapter break is because you understand that when the captain of the Lord of hosts came to Joshua and Joshua realized who he was. That is the captain of the Lord of hosts, the general of God's army, Jesus Christ, tells Joshua what to do. He says, if you'll ignore the chapter break, he says, I've given Jericho to you and this is how you're going to take it. It's very strange instructions to an army, is it not? Take your priests... (laughs) You know, take your chaplains, if you will, take the chaplains of the army and set them out front with trumpets and let them blow trumpets as they walk around carrying the ark of God by sticks, by staves, poles that were in the ringlets of the ark of God. Let them walk around the city and follow them as an army and do that once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to get up and do it seven times. Now, Jericho was a large city. I can't tell you exactly how large it was, but it had some amazing walls. 
It was protected. It was a fortified city. It was a very prideful city. They thought nobody could take them. Notice it says in verse 1 of chapter 6, it says, none went out and none came in. This was a siege. It was a standoff. Those folks in the city are nervous and worried and thinking, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to attack us? We've got the high ground. We're inside. We've got the walls closed. No one's going in. No one's going out. And so we'll see how this goes. And can you imagine on that first morning as the Israelites approached, they were carrying the ark of God, which was a little nothing looking thing compared to the great mighty statues of gold and silver and precious type stones that they had to their false gods. They probably looked at that, at what they were doing. They said, what are these guys doing? They've lost their mind. And here they come blowing seven trumpets and carrying the ark of God. And they march around at one time. Probably didn't take, I don't know, if you're going to march around a city seven times in a day, if you could just say maybe it takes an hour and a half or two hours to go around the city, I don't know. But it, it, it took some time to go around the city. They march all the way around the city and then they go and they camp. And don't you know the people in the city were thinking, well, that wasn't so bad. We thought at any moment they were going to shoot an arrow or send a a stone out of a sling or a catapult or something or or fiery arrows. But they just went in the camp back. Can you imagine after the first three to four days of that, there's probably some joking and laughing and so forth going on inside the city of Jericho. Now, don't ask me why God said it needs to be seven days and seven times on the seventh day. Seven is a perfect number. Seven is the number of God. You'll have to take that up with the Lord when you see Him in heaven. I just know that was His instructions. And they were perfect. (laughs) Perfect instructions. And so after going around the city once a day for six days, then on the seventh day, it says, look over in verse chapter 6 and verse 15, that it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed or went round about the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day, they compassed the city seven times. So they had to get with it. You understand? Can you picture those? I don't know how many it was. It had to be at least four priests carrying the ark. It could have been eight, depending on how long the poles were. At least four priests. If you were one of those four or one of those eight, can you imagine how how hot and tired and sweaty they were by the time they went around the city? If it took an hour and a half, if it took two hours, and they went around it seven times? You do the math on that. That's a lot of hours. They were working. They were putting effort in this. And I'm sure, you know, you would have as well as I would have, you would have thought in your mind, is this really going to pay off? Is this really worth it? Going around it seven times? Does Joshua, did he really hear it right? Did he really say seven times on the seventh day? And then after the seventh time on the seventh day, it says that they blew the trumpets and the people shouted. And as the old song says, you know, the walls came tumbling down. (laughs) I don't think there was anybody in the crowd of Israelites that doubted at that moment when they shouted and the walls came tumbling down in the city of Jericho. This is not a fable. There's even uh, archaeological evidence that has been found of uh, the city of Jericho. And there's even been some evidence discovered that shows that there was a place where the walls actually tumbled down. And they kind of imploded on themselves. The walls usually uh, fall inward when they fall. But in this particular archaeological uh, excavation, it looks as though they kind of fell outward, which is very unusual. But whatever, however they tumbled down, the people of Israel were able to go in and take the city and burn it with fire and destroy everything there. 
So how in the world can we identify with something as major as this? This, you know, those six things that happened and the people are thinking, you know, this is amazing what we've seen. Jordan has been parted. The memorial of the stones, the Passover, the rededication, uh, all these, uh, all these things that we've observed. Joshua has seen the Lord of hosts, the captain of the Lord of hosts. And here they see these walls come tumbling down. Well, I'm going to tell you, we all in our walk with the Lord at times feel like we're going round and round in circles. Some days we, we get up and we go to work and we just think, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, I'm just working. I'm trying to pay bills. Is it worth it? <laughs> Maybe when you sit down and do Bible study with your kids and, you know, they're heart's desire at least at that point is to watch the new show that's on or the latest episode or whatever and you're thinking no we got to do this bible study you know let's let's make sure we discharge that before we go to that and you if you're like me you've thought is it really worth it is it really taking hold uh what about younger guys going to school you think you're never going to get out you just feel like you're going around i remember that i remember in in i don't know sixth or seventh grade thinking this is never going to end. It's a nightmare. You know, I have to get up every morning and go to school, and I'm under this teacher, and I don't know who I'm going to have the next year in the next sixth grade. You know, next it's going to be it's going to be junior high the next year, walking in the big halls of the big school, and there's these bullies over there, these big you know football players and big types that were that looked intimidating to me, and I even had a brother over there on that side that would watch out for me. Now you think it's never going to end. And then you go to college, if you go to college or you go to trade school or you, you learn a, a trade or whatever, and you think, I'm never, it's never going to end. I can remember thinking those things. I, listen, I'm living proof that it is going to end. <laughs> I felt that way. I thought that way. I felt like I was going in circles. I thought I'll never get my GPA like I wanted. I'll never get my resume like I wanted. You know, it's just, it's never going to come together. By the grace of God, just keep going round and round and doing what you're supposed to do. It is worth it. And I'm not just talking about getting a degree. I'm not just talking about having a Bible study. But whatever you're doing in service to the Lord, and it feels like you're going round and round in circles, I can assure you that you're not going round and round needlessly if you see that the Lord has burdened you to do this. What about studying the Scripture? I love brother, what Brother Luke said. goes right along with what's on my mind about how that feels. There's been times when I have poured over and poured over and poured over the Scripture, not just for the purpose of trying to study something that the Lord laid on my heart to preach, but also for personal Bible study for myself, for the needs of my own life, and dealing with the own things that I struggle with. And I feel like I'm just going over it round and round and round. I've been through that before. I've seen that before. And the next thing you know, you hit some nugget there. Or maybe days later, you think back. And it comes to your mind, you know, I just studied that the other day. You just feel like you're going round and round in circles. If you're doing it for the Lord, you're not going round and round in circles. The Lord sees. The Lord knows. What about being a good friend to someone? It's hard to be a good friend, is it not? Because a lot of, especially at a certain age, you know, when everybody's being pulled in different directions, in the, you know, the, it's, so, it's been somewhat insightful in my own life just watching the children grow up and the different phases that they go through. And so, you know, when they're, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13 or whatever, in that phase, you know, if it's girls, there's no boy on the horizon. You know, it's just all the girls, you know. I've got this friend, I've got that friend, you know, and we're sticking close together. And I always tell my girls, I'm like, just wait until the thought of boyfriend comes along, you know, and then that's going to be a whole new world of chaos. 
And it feels like you're just going around in circles, young guys. You know, I'm being nice to this person. I'm being friendly to this person. They don't seem to reciprocate it. It's okay. It's okay. There's a lot of people that didn't reciprocate godliness and niceness to Jesus whenever he was a, a constant friend. And I know he's perfect and we're not, but he's still our model. He's still our example. And you feel like you're just going round and round. You see? Same thing could be said about young men. I don't want to just pick on the girls. I do have more girls than boys in my house, but the same thing could be said, you know. The next thing you know, young men are interested in, our young boys, 10, 11, 12 years old, interested in sports, baseball, football. Then all, all of a sudden, the nuclear bomb of a possible girlfriend comes into the picture. Kaboom! It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> see? What about when it comes to the church? You know, I believe that we can see in the example of Jericho, you know, they were sieging. They, they, this was a siege of Jericho. Granted, it was like no other siege that had ever existed where you camp outside a city and wait for them to starve out. No, this only lasted seven days. But I believe this ties into directly what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16 when it comes to the church. You remember Jesus said about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, He said, upon this rock, upon Himself, He would build His church. And what does He say? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, and when you think about the gates of hell or the gates of Babylon or the gates of a city, that's like a stationary city. Usually we think about Satan attacking us. But in this circumstance, Jesus gives the image of us laying siege to a city. And I'm telling you, if you're going round about the city blowing the trumpet of God, standing for the Lord, it feels like you're going in circles. I'm telling you that the gates of Babylon, the gates of hell will not prevail against what you were doing in the name of the Lord. You may not have got to the seventh day yet. You may not have got to the seventh time of the seventh day. You may not have got to the shout after the trumpet of the seventh time of the seventh day of compassing the city of Babylon or the city of Jericho. But I tell you to keep on keeping on. Keep doing the Bible study. Keep getting up and going to work and paying the bills. Keep working on the education. Keep doing those things. Do them in the name of the Lord. Now if there's things going on in your life that you can't say are in the name of the Lord, those things need to go. <laughs> See? But by faith in the Lord, we go round and round. Can y'all imagine what? Can y'all imagine what the people of Israel did when Joshua came to them and he says, "Okay, I've got the plan. I've met with the captain of the Lord of Hosts. He appeared to me, and he's told me what we need to do. Well, what do we need to do, Joshua? And he, you can read this in Joshua six. He tells him, he says, "Get seven trumpets, seven priests. Get the ark of the Lord." We're going to blow those trumpets, going to walk around the city once a day for six days. And after the sixth day, we're going to walk around to the seventh day and then just wait. After the seventh time, we're going to blow the trumpets and we're going to shout. And what's going to happen? The walls are going to fall down. And don't you know, some of the people went, what did he say? What? The walls are going to fall down? <laughs> they probably thought in some ways he was crazy. Listen. God has given, God gave Joshua to the people of Israel to lead the people of Israel after Moses was gone. You understand that in the New Testament, God has given little Joshua's to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as gifts to the church. Those, they may not act and look exactly like Joshua acted and they may not see the miracles like the walls tumbling down in the, in the physical way 
that they saw those tumble down in the days of Joshua. But God says, I have delivered the gift of the ministry to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can hear the preaching of the gospel, listening to the instruction of wise counsel, and follow the Lord. And there's a guarantee there that the walls of Jericho will come tumbling down. The walls of Babylon will fall. By faith in the Lord, we go round and round. And I'll tell you this, in one sense, you haven't seen anything yet. As you continue to cling to the Scripture and to the Word of God, as you continue to cling to the light that God gives in His Word through the preaching of the Word, through your study in the Word, through your prayers to God, as you continue to cling to that, I'm telling you, there's coming a day where you, you hadn't seen anything yet as we continue up that circular staircase. One day, the Lord's going to show us amazing things when He comes back. And the walls of this world, the foundations of the earth, will come tumbling down. (laughs) And He'll take us home to be with Him. Don't ever underestimate the power of our Lord. You face the impossible situation. You face the situation that says, I just can't, I just can't see how. That's when you need to look up. Listen, it could be in direct relation to what you believe about how you are saved. How many people have literally gone in circles and circles and circles, rededicating their lives, accepting again and again. I love the examples that Brother Luke has given to us about that through the years. You know, just feeling like you didn't do it good enough. And that is a circular thing that's just going round and round and you'll never get out of it until... Until you hear the truth of grace. That Christ has ascended for you. That He has paid the price for you. You see, that gets you out of that circular reasoning and thinking, I can't get anywhere. I can't get anywhere. I'm just not good enough. That's right. You're not good enough. Christ was good enough. The captain of the Lord of hosts is the one that has that plan. So if you're standing before Jericho, if you're standing before that circular stair, just do what the Lord has told you to do. Just follow through with what the commandments of God are. Just listen to the men of God that preach and teach and give wise counsel and be patient. Be patient. The seventh time around of the seventh day and the seven trumpets blowing and the shout of the Lord is coming when it will all come tumbling down. Until then, we can go round and round by faith. If there's one or more here that would like to follow the Lord, we give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.